Welcome to the Take Flight podcast with Daniel Johnson, Olu Okanola, Pavilo Timbo and Shurl Ahmed as your hosts. Take Flight is released weekly, giving you behind the scenes business views into multiple industries, as well as highlighting the backstories of entrepreneurs and leaders in their respective spaces. We'll also be breaking down business models, examining the latest trends in business and sharing our learnings along the way like a university business class packaged for a diverse and inclusive audience. We blend this together for a unique and exciting look into the world of business. Join us, your hosts, who are coming from underrepresented backgrounds in the UK, have since worked and traveled to over 100 countries, learned our craft in some of the largest companies in the globe, started our own businesses, as well as invested across multiple asset classes, as we give a unique and inclusive perspective with a mission to help other potential flyers get ready to take flight. Since its start in 2019, Take Flight Podcast has grown to have listeners in over 50 countries and is in the top 5% of podcasts globally and continuing to grow and expand. Come join a growing community and let's help more potential flyers take flight. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. Welcome to episode 108. In this week's episode, we discuss the metaverse. At the end of October, at the Connect 2021 Facebook conference, um, CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced a name change from Facebook to Meta. Meta is focused on bringing the metaverse universe to life, helping people connect, find communities, and grow businesses. In this week's episode, we explore the following areas. We discuss the leaked Facebook papers. Why do companies rename or rebrand? Discuss what the metaverse means. And then what are some of the key concerns around metaverse? And lastly, we discuss how we look into invest in the metaverse. So look forward to getting into this episode. Stay tuned and let's get started. Take off, take flight with you. Okay, welcome to episode 108 of the Take Flight Podcast. How is everybody doing? Good, good. Happy to record another episode. Feeling good. How's your week being, P? Better now. Um, I had this, I was, my whole theme this week is health is the real wealth. Um, last week I was sick, caught a stomach bug from Karim, who caught it from school. Not nice. Um so it's, it's, it feels really good to be back and all of the things we usually take for granted, just being able to wake up and have a routine, wake up and work out, wake up and go to work. Um, yeah, I can get back to that now. So it's good to be 100% strength. It's crazy because um, you actually noticed that you what your social media presence wasn't actually there. Previously, you would always be the first person to upload, like waking up early, etc. And I missed that inspiration. I'm not getting that inspiration. I, I looked at my phone, didn't see your post, so I went back to bed. I was like, if he's not getting it, why do oh, I, I need to go get it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm touched, I'm touched. If you're serious, I'm touched. <laughs> sure, what about yourself? How you been? Uh, I think it's, I don't know if Olu is serious, but we're going to assume you're serious, Olu. Your laugh, your laugh says something different. Now, on my side, all, all good. Actually, this is the first episode that I'm recording from uh, Copenhagen in Denmark. So I am in my temporary accommodation i have until the end of the year um but all good it's been a busy busy couple of weeks but it will be busy until the the year end and now 
yeah, looking to close out the year um, and then hopefully go on vacation somewhere for for New Year's. But let's let's see. But all good well, otherwise. How was the relocation? How was the what? Sorry. How was the relocation? Has been good. I actually moved here properly about a month ago. But just whenever we've recorded the podcast, I've been in other locations. But no, all uh, all good. Settling in well with the with the new. Role, launching a product for the first time in my life so learning a lot and also I've got a great team to, to help so yeah lots of lots of learnings but otherwise Copenhagen's a fun fun place got introduced to a few people here already as well so um yeah all, all good enjoying it nice Daniel how you doing and for the, for the listeners who are listening instead of watching Daniel has got another very very fresh haircut right now <laughs> that's very fresh <laughs> <laughs> very fresh <laughs> It's not that fresh. It's about, ooh, it's about two weeks old now, actually. Um, but yeah, I'm doing all good. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Been a busy couple of weeks at work. Been at conferences. Um, so it's been back to back and still playing catch up, so to speak. But other than that, doing all good. And then just what what, what type of conferences in particular were they? <laughs> it was called um, Digital Asset Summit. So it's uh, all about cryptos, digital assets. Uh, blockchain, NFTs, the DeFi space, um, CeFi space, TradFi, everything. Um, so some some big boy players were in attendance, but it was a really good opportunity to learn um, and to network and to speak with those that I've been speaking to in a professional capacity in the last um, 18 to 24 months and see them in person and you know build that relationship and grow it as well. Sounds like nice. all, all I heard from every, everything that you've just said, Daniel, is business is booming. That's, what, that's, what, that's, what, that's how that translated to me. Yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> and just for the listeners to be aware, I mean, hopefully you should already know this by now, but Daniel is our resident crypto expert. Um, and he leads this in some of the most reputable, uh, in the most, one of the most reputable financial firms in the, in the globe. Uh, so, yeah, that's why we have these conversations with, with Daniel, but I'm sure more will come in the next few episodes. For sure, for sure. Um, so why don't we get started in terms of this episode? And I think that's a actually good transition from sort of Daniel's conference. So this week's episode is going to be about Metaverse. Now, for most of our listeners, that has been a buzzword for the last month. But before we go into Metaverse, I thought it would be interesting to actually go through the timeline and how Metaverse started to become a household name or word. So in early October, um, there was a 60 Minutes interview by a whistleblower in Facebook, a woman by the name of Frances Haugen. Now, within this report, um, Facebook were accused of focusing on ad revenue. So they were looked as focused on ad revenue instead of focusing on the safety of their users focusing on growth over safety. Now, for our listeners, when you think about ad revenue, that is Facebook's business model. So Facebook generates their revenue through ad revenue. So a rule of thumb that I always say to people is, if you're not paying for a particular product, you are the product. So what that means, Facebook owns Instagram, WhatsApp, um, Facebook, which are some of their household social media, and we're able to access these platforms for free, but we do get targeted through ad revenue. And just to give some context to our listeners, Facebook made 84 billion revenue in 2020 related to ad revenue. So you can see this is a large amount that we're talking about. Now, 
within the reports that were released, um, I'll just give the you guys some of the key data points. They said that based on the studies, they saw that 17% of teen girls um, said that they their eating disorder got worse by being on Facebook or social media. They said that 32% of um, women felt like they had body conscious anxiety by being on social media, Instagram. And in the UK, they said that 14% of girls um, found that they had more suicidal thoughts by being on social media platforms. So these are some of the um, studies that were leaked that Facebook have been aware of, which they've been accused of not actually doing anything to improve their platform in these different ways. So I just wanted to stop and open up for you guys and just ask, one, is it Facebook's responsibility, right, to police their platform, make it a safer place for their users, and what your initial views are about this report? So, yeah, it would be good to just get you guys' views on Facebook. And is it their responsibility in regards to these issues on social media? Um, what are your just initial views on the report? So just, yeah, first, initial reactions, I think, absolutely. Um, it is there because they've positioned themselves as the company to collect personal data to enhance and interact social in connections. So if, if it's misused or mismanaged, they certainly do have responsibility. And I think as a corporate, everyone as a corporate, they have. Um, I'm sure they have a, a gov. They should have a governance in place to to protect and ensure that these these things are not happening. So. Um, Immediate answer is yes. But you know, one thing I do actually um, think about as you've asked that question, Olu, is how many of us actually read the terms, the terms and policies when we actually sign up to these apps? Because I'm sure somewhere in there, it probably says we may or may not be liable in the case something else, you know, goes wrong. Um, but short answer, yes. Yeah, I think just to build on um, peace, I'm also in the in the yes camp, I think. They, they serve so many people across the world and they have such an impact in terms of the, the amount of lives and um, views that they can impact. And I think also just from a business perspective, we've seen in all our respective companies, the idea of ESG becoming even more important. So that's environmental, social and um, governance, basically corporate governance. So I think as a business, it even from a performance bottom line bottom line effect, this isn't a good uh, indicator. So it's up to them now, not even just for social reasons, but from a business performance reason to really address this, um, or at least put it in the open and talk about it in a bit more of a transparent way. And I, I can't disagree with what, Olu, um, with, uh, what P and Shrove said, because even with ESG, also the CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility, which... Is the which is a corporate term which uh, refers to practices and policies yeah. undertaken by corporations to ensure that they keep and keep and have positive influences on the world. And yeah. if you're now collecting people's data, if you're now amalgamating a large sets so a large set of private information about users, I think they have the duty and care and the courtesy to ensure that things aren't abused internally. Mm. For sure, for sure. Um, I, I think you guys are all right. Um, but I also do believe that social media amplifies social issues that we have, deeper social issues that we have, that even if social media didn't exist, we will have. So I think a lot of times people criticize social media in terms of the algorithms and the videos that people are targeted on. 
But a lot of these algorithms are based on, okay, what are people spending their time looking at? So it's, unfortunately, our society is a society that is attracted to violence, right? Wildstar became popular because people enjoyed watching those sort of videos. So even if social media and those things didn't exist, I do believe that there's an element of it that's deeper in our society in which we do need to resolve. But moving forward, um, I think at the end of October, um, during a Connect conference that Facebook have, Mark Zuckerberg came out and announced that Facebook were changing their name to Meta. Now, this Meta was going to be focused on the Metaverse, um, where it focused on connecting people, communities, and growing businesses. Now, before we go into what the Metaverse means, I guess I wanted to talk about rebranding and changing your names, because a few companies have done this. So I wanted to get you guys' views on why companies do this. Why do we think Facebook did it? And was it successful in terms of their rebranding and renaming? Yeah. No, I think, I think there's several reasons. I was just listing out here. I think you've got 10, 20 plus reasons as to why um, companies um, rebrand. Sometimes it's a new CEO. It could be actually a result of a merger and acquisition from a company standpoint or product. Um, but I think in the case of Facebook and now Meta, I think two things. One is partly on that reputation that they were building as a result of what you were talking about, you know, the Facebook papers and the scandal, wanting to sort of create more of a fresher air by, by rebranding. So I think one is uh, a reputation. And the second one is repositioning, where they believe that they see the future in, in people, in their investments, in how they think they want to de um, deliver value and impact society. So, and it's just convenient that meta verse, which we'll come on to. So I think it's repositioning and also to move away from what was now perceived as sort of bad reputation. And I, it's, it's very uncommon and unheard of for technology companies to change names. You'd mm. very much hear that in emerging acquisitions, especially in the law, when a partner becomes a name partner, they may change the name of the, the firm. And, you know, traditional old investment banks are typically the surnames of those who founded the bank. Not too long ago, six years ago, Google changed their parent company name. In 2015, Google rebranded under the parent company name Alphabet. And the reason why they did that was to highlight the transformation beyond search and advertising into the new markets, such as the driverless cars and healthcare that they were moving into in that industry, that sector. And when you think of Facebook, it sort of, they, in my opinion, they did and pivoted at a time which was crucial for them. They went through those government investigations, which started in September in the filings, uh, you know, where they became a subject of government investigations, which was based on the former employees' allegations. And this was an opportunity for them to almost put that behind them, or they thought they would, and delve into a new space, pivot, and maybe accelerate that pivot into the metaverse. We all know that Facebook have Reality Labs, which looks at VR and AR, um, AR so augmented reality and virtual reality. But this came, or this transition was probably the icing on the cake where Mark probably thought, now is the time to rebrand. Let's take everyone's focus off being under the microscope for these allegations. Let's think about how we can build a better world in the technology world and pivot and focus on that. So all of this that's going on is almost 
brushed under the carpet, so to speak. Yeah. Just just a quick point also I wanted to add. Even if you had, even if they didn't have the, the Facebook papers, the scandal, what they're trying to pursue for the next 10 years on and beyond is very different to why Facebook started in the first place. So a rebranding was necessary, right? I mean, Facebook started because he wanted to connect what, girls, I think, at a university dorm, right? Yeah. And, and it's, it's that sort of social network. So where they're trying to go now is totally away from that. So it, a rebranding would have always, um, I think, been necessary. It, it, it mean, would have happened, but maybe... The timing is convenient, right? Yeah, it would have happened, but the timing is all about the timing because after the in is it the, their shares fell sixteen percent in September once the journal first reported that they were being exactly. investigated, and that could have plummeted further if there was nothing to distract people from the negative press. If everything that was posted about Facebook was negative, it's further going to plummet their shares. But now there's an opportunity for to be in the headlines for something else to distract everyone and divert divert everyone's attention. Essentially, that's what I think. And Daniel, do you think that worked, Shua? Do you think that worked in terms of the distraction? Have you heard anything? I'll be honest, I haven't heard anything about the papers since Metaverse was introduced. Um, that's now been everyone's focus. Disney talk about it. Every other company during their sort of earnings report talks about how they're going to adopt the Metaverse, how they're going to get integrated. Nike even talks about it as well. So I personally think it worked. Um, the share price has gone up since they announced this, right? Um, people are now looking at Facebook, as mentioned, as just one service, one product under this massive umbrella and this platform versus just thinking about Facebook and everything bad about social media targeted at this one company. But, but the thing also to keep in mind is they also control what you see and what you don't see. So you can easily build an algorithm that says anything related to Facebook papers that somebody's trying to repost or trend cancel it and take it off, which could be one of the reasons as to why we don't know as much about it. I mean, you've seen the stuff on TV, news-wise. Anything, yeah. and I'm sure people have been trying to get this to go viral. It's not yeah. going to last very long. It's a little bit like Jeff Bezos buying the Washington Post so he can control the narrative of what's being written about Amazon. So yeah. all of the, I don't know, you could call it maybe practices that are not so recommended, You may, it's not going to become mainstream. You know, so... It'll be interesting if to, to know what, you know, how much they have not allowed us to see related to this topic. Shua, any last views before we go into the main topic? No, I, I think it's, um, I mean, the fact that we are having this dedicated episode talking about the metaverse shows that the, the name change did exactly what it was there to do. If you think about how many different, like different forms of content that we're consuming, whether it's podcasts, YouTube videos, television, the news, you have all all uh, platforms talking about the metaverse in some shape or or capacity. So I think that shows that it has worked to that extent. Um, but then, of course, the long term application is what will be the the driver. But I think the fact that we're having this conversation um, shows that it has had an effect in terms of taking our attention away and focusing on something much bigger. And as Daniel said, this is uh, is is it's a big opportunity and there's a, a lot more forward forward looking great so now let's go so, to the yeah go on go on Daniel <laughs> go on no say uh, Daniel, we've got to hit it now we've got to hit it now no no, no. All, all I was going to add is whilst okay the negative press this metaverse 
this is something huge. And I know we're going to get onto it in a moment. But when you put Facebook or now Metaverse into isolation and under a microscope, what they're planning on doing, what they're trying to do and building currently is mind-blowing. Let me break down some. Let me break this down some figures. Wait, Daniel, hold your horses. Hold your horses. Go ahead. There's there's a there's a ten billion dollar investment into Facebook Reality Labs, and this business unit it, um, is its research of and development will go into building augmented reality, virtual reality, hardware, software, and content for the metaverse. This isn't small money. Mm-hmm. The company is adding ten thousand people in Europe alone to work on this dedicated project. This represents a 14% increase into its current headcount to 68,000 plus employees. Now, when you take that in, $10 billion, 10,000 people just on the metaverse, this is gonna be something that's going to really grab the world by its horns, mm. no doubt. No doubt, because this is Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook we're talking about. When you think about when it started, however many years ago, to where it's now, I don't think he knew it was going to grow at this rapid scale, but now he's seen he can do it with his Facebook. He now knows that the limits to metaverse aren't there. There aren't any limits. He can make it what he wants. He can reform and change the world. So it's actually what, scary. Daniel, why should they, why don't we start with, for some of the listeners, the definition of what is metaverse? Like, oh boy, how much time do you have? A basic... no, but you can actually you can go with the basic definition. Let's okay. go with the basic I'll, definition. Right? Well, no, so I'll, I'll do a bit of preamble before I actually go into what the metaverse is. Mm. So the concept actually originated in 1992, uh, but in a fiction novel by Steve, Neil Stevenson called Snow Crash, which depicted a world where humans interact through, through avatars in a three-dimensional virtual space mm. created through a combination of physical, augmented, and virtualities. This idea was later updated into what everyone has probably watched um, by the the film by those the two sisters called The Matrix, where humans were unknowingly trapped in the metaverse. So the metaverse is not new. Incorporate is it's not new. It's yeah. not new. It's out there. And it's, well, let, let me let me pass on to someone else. I don't want to. I don't want to. Let me let me no, start with. Let me yeah, give. A, let me try with just a basic understanding for our listeners. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, so, so, yeah, I felt to, to get the definition. Yeah, let's so, let's go with just a basic understanding of meta, the metaverse and what it really means, right? What it means is an online space. Now, if you think about socialization, communities, the first iteration of that was geographic. So the way we interacted with people were through, you go to someone's house, people in your geographic location. Then the internet was created. So the internet was created, which allowed us to, again, communicate, but more in a 2D world, right? So you communicate with people all over the world through text. It could be through pictures and through now video. So you have like Zoom interaction through the internet. When we think about this metaverse and the metaverse world, this is now the next stage and the next version of the internet, which is Now we're going to be interacting on this 3D world. Now it's really immersing ourselves into this digital world. So you could think about this as the internet was us interacting through what we class as windows, screens. You can interact with people like what we're doing right now on this call. you got a screen. Now the metaverse is now an online space where we now immerse ourselves into this 3D world. So like Daniel mentioned, 
you've got that avatar expression. You'll have yourself as an avatar in an online space where we'll use um, augmented um, reality. We'll use virtual reality in a way that we can now interact with each other. So I think that is the way I think about it, like a very basic way of thinking about it. Now, a lot of us, a lot of people will say, this is not real. This won't exist. That was the same sort of skeptic there was for the internet. No one believed there would be a time where people would spend most of their time on the internet interacting with people versus calling people on the phone, socializing. This is now that new stage, that 3D stage, that virt- um, virtual stage of interacting with people. I guess I'll open up for Shuwa, um P, if you have anything else to add. Yeah, no, I think the only thing I wanted to add, add around the definition side of things just to bring it to its lowest level of detail is um, metaverse, it was like this, I, I saw it was a prefix, right? So meta is after and beyond. And then the verse is sort of referring to that universe. So just really simple and easy to remember. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 think, I think this is something from when I was reading and trying to learn is going to revolutionize the way that we um, socialize with friends, family, where we do business, shop, network. There's an opportunity for that. Um, and they're certainly creating that world. So, um, yeah, sure. And, and I think um, to, to build on that, I think the common misconception that people have is, well, metaverse, why would you want to do something digitally? Like the real world experiences are, are better. But if you, like we're almost living a certain extent of the metaverse now. If you think about this podcast as an example, we are recording this virtually. We're not in the same room with each other. This is for all means and purposes, a digital experience. This will then be distributed through RSS feeds on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Again, digital. There's no physical product there. Um, and since this podcast started, all four of us have never actually been in the room together. So that, in a sense, is a metaverse type of experience. So there's elements of this that we are actually already doing today. And I think the scope, there's no limitation with this metaverse. In the real life, there's only a certain amount of bricks and cement that you can do to build houses in the metaverse none of these limitations exist it can be whatever mm. we want it to be so it's, it's going to be an exciting time but probably uh Olu, you'll go into this and in some of the other elements of the discussion and, and i think i'm just thinking now actually um because this is also a lot of what we're talking about now is change and 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 people resist change so so somebody maybe learning about this for the first time says you know i'm a bit wary i'm a bit fearful this sounds like it's uh, an addictive drug. But you should actually ask yourself, just from a social interaction standpoint, what's next? If you was to say, what's the next level to socially interacting with friends and family? Because like you mentioned, sure, everything now is digital. People, I don't think, actually realize just how digital things are. The next thing is something like the metaverse, right? It's more into this virtual reality world. So it's, um, I think it's interesting to understand how they build out the use cases and just how far this can be stretched and then also what, what time frame. Why don't we talk about some of the use cases, P, right? Because when I think about meta, the metaverse um, and the immersive experience, um, there's multiple user cases, pillars associated to it. Now, the first one that I think is important for us to mention, which is which it actually exists today, and it's the easiest use case, is gaming, right? We see virtual reality used in gaming currently through um, lots of different games. Roblox is a company that does 
um, mm-hmm. is big on sort of the virtual reality. You got a uh, Fortnite um, is an element of it where currently people interact, kids, even adults play on these games. They purchase tokens to be able to purchase goods. Um, similar to what we're seeing about like this sort of massive phase right now with NFTs, right? NFTs is a big way that we're seeing people are now having ownership of these particular digital assets. So let me maybe pass on to Daniel because I know Daniel is our crypto NFT expert. Why don't you explain what NFT means and why that's so important in this space? Just before that, any other use cases that we we can see? Yeah, multiple. So... Another yeah, one so is, is actually yeah. the office, right? Um, exactly. it, it cuts out, you know, it cuts out the commute, right? You're able now to have this um, go from Zoom to now a 3D environment and have your work meetings. Um, another one is is concerts. We've already seen that tested out with, with Travis Scott and Fortnite, but that's to come. It's an opportunity, it's an avenue for artists to, to create um, a community and ownership in that space. So, so, so the use cases are... Um, they're pretty clear. It's, it's just it's just how you get that engagement, right? Um, and over what period? Um, so just building on P's comment, it was just around the, the unconstrained thinking. So imagine you are the best teacher in the world, right? And probably you're likely to be in the best school in the world, potentially a private school. In this metaverse environment, there's no reason why you can't teach to children around the world and it can be an immersive experience or... The example that Pavile mentioned about concerts, imagine a sports game. If you're at the stadium and it's game seven in an NBA final, in that stadium, probably the floor seats are the best seats, but there's only a certain number of seats you can access. Whereas in a metaverse, every single person that is sat there watching can be sat from the best seat and still get the view of the best game. So that's why I think there's so much Mm. opportunity here um that we can't even comprehend it feels like probably it's probably what the internet felt like to our parents where they just didn't understand what was going on and then now it's become what it has become so now it's going to be exciting and to see the use cases that land at the end of the decade probably not even comprehensible right now but daniel what's what's, what's your view no i was just going to say that we're slowly gravitating to that world that world anyway it's as p was mentioning with the pandemic a lot of things have shifted online Mm. The Microsoft are in a race to create a virtual boardroom. So there's the, the instance of you creating an avatar, you're sitting amongst a table with your colleagues in uh, an augmented reality space. Even filters are adapting at a rapid at a rapid pace and they're changing the way that they're working. So we're we're already moving in that direction. It's just about when do we cross or intersect with the moment of when the metaverse is fully there everything is created and supports existing hardware and software. And does that, te- I guess the technology doesn't exist yet. Um, depends not, not, it, it depends. Part of the technology exists, but some needs to be built and expanded and built upon. So what are some of the key like technologies that do exist today that the uh, sort of the metaverse can leverage or use? Well, when you look at the iPhone, you've got a LiDAR um, sensor, which creates an augmented reality sort of experience. So you can essentially furnish your apartment with adding items to say, okay, I found a sofa online on the website. I can now put my phone in my living room. It will then use that space and put the uh, the sofa in that living room and you can see what it looks like. You can then add items and objects to see, okay, 
if I was to buy this, I could furnish it in this manner. So I think there are any things that exist, but it's going to be a case where it's going to be exemplified and intensified at a rapid scale. Nice. Because there's also, you know, there's a difference between, sorry, there's a difference between augmented reality and virtual reality. Augmented reality is where you see a whole new environment, a whole new space. Virtual reality usually includes some sort of goggles or eyewear that makes mm. you, obscures your vision, mm. and then you're now experiencing something new just to yourself. And what do you guys think about sort of the the adoption of this? Do you feel like this is something that's going to be readily adopted i know facebook was saying that they expect around i think 1 billion users Correct. by 20 was it 2030 in 10 years time um yep. so 2030 um so what's you guys views about the adoption do you see this as yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's accurate because when you look at the the younger gen z generation this is right up their street this is what they love Mm. So they're going to be the first adopters. They're going to be the trailblazers in the space. They, they're not going to have any reservations. They don't think it's bad. And, you know, we're not debating whether the metaverse is good or bad. I don't mm. think, I think it's neither. But they're going to be ones who will be readily available to adopt this new technology the same way that we were ready to adopt mobile phones in our generation yeah. and yeah. smartphones. Yeah. I think the, the the adoption, it really depends also on how how is it that we're going to be accessing accessing it the oculus headsets is what you see now i mean um shout out sadik by the way if he's listening to this but he bought an oculus headset about four or five years ago and i remember using it and it felt good and it was crazy to put on but am i gonna go going to put that on every day probably not it's quite clunky as well so i don't know where the the hardware goes i was listening to um a tech podcast where the guy his wild idea is something will end up something that we're already using and comfortable with at the moment, for example, AirPods, for some reason, he thought the AirPods had probably a better shot because these are some, this is a piece of hardware that we're already putting on every day. Probably millions of people are using them around the world. And if there was a way to incorporate vision into the way that the AirPod is being used, that could be another ease of use. But at the moment, Facebook the way has got they... a partnership with um, Ray-Ban. So they've got, That's so that gonna... you have your yep. sunglasses in yep. a way where you can, right now is really basic um, um, visual um, VR sort of technology and AR technology, but they are looking at ways to advance it in a more mm. wearable way and comfortable way, like you mentioned. So, so Shiro, what you were mentioning was yeah. virtual reality. So the Oculus Rift is virtual reality, mm. whereas AR augmented will be through some sort of glasses, which will enhance the user's surroundings, okay. projecting okay. new information on top of what they're already seeing. See, and that's where it'll be a sort of a, a seamless. So even as I'm wearing glasses now, I could see my real reality, or I could probably flip it and see an augmented reality. Mm. It's the merging between physical and digital in one place. I, I think I think only to your question, adoption is also going to be driven by how quickly they can innovate on the hardware, because um, and that's obviously where they're spending most of. Obviously, that's a big focus in terms of where they invest a lot of their their money today. Because if you can get these ocular lenses to be more comfortable or that they could design maybe a more of a virtual suite that you can sit in and that creates a much more improved user experience, then you can then last longer. I was watching a, a short clip of a lady that tried ocular lenses for 24 hours and she only actually um, 
she only actually decided the rules were she'd keep on for 24 hours and she'd only actually, I think, come off. She had an important text or something of that nature. She had work meetings on on with the lens. She played a, a couple games, but after the 24 hours, she didn't feel great. So what I what I took from that was there was some she could you could keep someone entertained for a period of time. Coming back to Shuol's point, how long could you keep it on for? But maybe what is currently today is not comfortable enough for you to spend longer than a couple hours on. So how quickly they can get um, hardware that is suitable and maybe also competitively priced, because I think today is quite expensive. I think that would, would invite more people to give it a go um, because you also need that user experience and user feedback to help improve. You need people to use it to say, look, we need, could you add this to that meta? Can you add a few more? And I think that also starts this, this chain of, um, of reaction Pete but contrary to what you just said I don't think they I don't think the initial intention would be for people to live in an augmented augmented reality state I think it's almost like you're saying I'm going to go to work I'm going to check in on the metaverse right now I'm going to spend some time and it's sort of like a commute there or you're spending time then you come back to the physical world and depending on how addictive it is will influence how frequently you're on it spends how frequently you spend time on there similar to instagram instagram isn't created for you to spend 24 spend it spend on there 24 7 although our screen time has suggested otherwise at times but it's similar because we come back onto instagram because we're addicted to something or we want to see something we want to check in online we want to check in with our friends or followers or see what they're up to what they're doing so that would be now a case where we're going into the matter to see what people are doing online in their in their digital homes or what they've built, what they're doing, you know, what ventures they've taken, you know, it's going to be mm -hmm. almost like a physical world online. So you'll probably be able to buy houses, do property, do BRRs, you, you know, do that now. <laughs> yeah. So you do HMOs, you do all of that. <laughs> so there's not going to be no BRR on, 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 um, <laughs> on the metaverse. I think it will be a, a concept that will be new for everyone, but um, but I was gonna to, to you what you just exactly to what you've just said. If you ask Mark Zuckerberg now, would you want the population to spend more time in the metaverse or in or in the real world? What do you think he will say? It's gonna be metaverse, it's, and he wants probably to create a hundred percent adoption of it, and for people to be addicted the same way he wants people to be addicted on Instagram right now. You know, he's never going to openly say it, but he's go he makes more money and gets more money the more people spend time on those platforms. So that's that's where I'm... So with that in mind, I'm thinking that they're working on the hardware to make it so that you can spend as much time in this space as possible, hmm. which is which is the part that I think one of the questions that Olu had was, what does the metaverse mean to us, right? Um, what's your aspirations with the metaverse? Another thing I also wanted to just quickly clarify, just to check if I'm correct, the metaverse is actually just... Facebook Meta's verse. There are actually other no. companies, no, that are creating their own um, Metaverse. Is that correct or wrong? So Metaverse is not a Facebook thing. The Metaverse is just a broad definition of this online space for sort of this augmented reality space. So it's not a Facebook thing. Okay. Facebook so are just creating okay. their own technology to support this to yeah so other companies have it as well there's multiple right. there's omni omni is another company that's big in sort of this uh, metaverse world as well but 
But then on that, you got to then question, not, I'm not saying you need to, but there's a reason why Facebook rebranded as Meta, because now when we move into the world and sphere of Metaverse, the first adopters or the first people you, or first brand you're going to think of is Facebook, well, not Facebook, mm. but you're going to think of Meta. Yeah. You're going to think that they created it. You're going to think that they are the pioneers mm. and leader in this space, that it's going to be a seamless adoption. So they're smart in what they've done. Very Agreed. smart. The, um, and P, just another way to explain that, right, is when I just thought about it is the internet, right? Who owns the internet? Web, web free no web one, web. yeah. Mm. No one company owns the internet, right? It's just, just that's the way, same way to think about the metaverse. But like Daniel said, them choosing the name Meta, automatically we're going to have a connection between them and the whole universe. In that and sense. Ju so just a clarifying question on that. There, but is their focus on the hardware, or their focus is on everything? Everything. Everything, okay. everything. For, for what you can buy, avatars. So it's hardware. Um, they've they're spending millions on development. So you can imagine to create this, you need a lot of coders, um, skill sets to develop and create this. Um, so Facebook are focusing on every element of it, educational, gaming, anything. Mm. Um, you know, I think a, you, yeah, you you Daniel and P were talking about this, but I think it might be good to bring this up. Is what are some of our other key concerns about the metaverse when we think about it i think I, p you I, mentioned about yeah go on. <laughs> there, there are there are quite a lot of concerns i say some, some some of my concerns is that people's augmented reality becomes their physical reality so people are now adopting an online presence which they think is real for example in today's age instagram, why, is that a, why is that a concern wait 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 wait, wait. in today's <laughs> age on instagram on today in today's age on instagram you can have 15,000 followers and you think, yeah, I've made it. You can have 50,000. But also what that does is to someone who's in the limelight, for example, you meet someone or you've been following someone for a while, a celebrity, and then you see them in person, you go up to them like you know, like they know you. And that's quite frightening for someone who doesn't know you. You're just like a fan, you're a follower, and you've come up, tried to hug me. It's an invasion of privacy. And I say that because people's reality online slowly becomes their reality in life and if you're now doing things in a digital space where you're trying to impress people you want to be liked you're not living your authentic life you're doing things to be liked to be relevant to almost live a life that you can't live in a real world so if you can live any life you can online you're not going to choose the worst life you're going to choose the best life that you can but then when it comes back to a physical and real life you're going to have huge mental problems because you haven't managed your health, your mental health in such a way that your reality online is not real. You now start to preconceive the idea that your online reality is your real reality when it's not the case. Yeah, it's almost I like think... dreaming. But what happens and, if you spend... It's almost like you're having a dream and you're thinking, yeah, this is real. This is where you wake up, you're like, well, I did it with the lottery. Like, I'm sure we've all had dreams where you've woken yeah, up yeah. thinking, man, that, I wish that dream was real. Why not to wake yeah, up? But, yeah, but at least in this situation, you can go back into the metaverse and continue. But I think that's the what Daniel's mentioning around this concern, right? Because, it, it, well, yeah, because then you spend face... more time in a fake world than you do yeah. in your real life. And but people what, will start but, but... to, it's called escapism, right? People want to escape their reality, their world, and create this version, which we it's going to reach a point where people might struggle with knowing what's real, right? 
it's what, my yeah. physical world real. Yeah, but that is, but that is, a, that is a question. That's what I'm going to say. What is real and what is fake? If they say if you tell a lie, if you tell a lie enough times, it becomes enough. truth. So now we're having a discussion about it's your perception of what is real and what is fake. That's why I say, what is the concern? <laughs> I think the concern is that your phys- physical for me is real. Now, the reason why I mentioned that is you could talk about what are some of the side effects, right? We are still physical human beings. We need to eat. We need to exercise. We need to sleep to survive, right? If you are connected to this virtual reality and you believe that that's now the new reality, it can lead to, and we've seen in some of these movies that come out, right? Where people are completely addicted to this or this escapism, and they don't, they forget to log off, get the right amount of sleep, get to eat um, the right nourishments and nutrition and all of that stuff, um, exercise, etc. And we can lead to a bigger problem. You know, just yeah. just to play devil's advocate a little bit, I think on the flip side, I mean, if you use social media as a marker of digital mm-hmm. life. And then you see a trend of people becoming more depressed, um, anxiety levels increasing. If that trend was to be amplified even more in the metaverse, then probably we're all screwed. But then I'm thinking, because we've seen what has happened with social media, the good and the bad, you would hope that the way that the metaverse is shaped up, there's some learnings there as a as a community that we can make it better from the start. I think on the flip side, some of the positive cases, imagine in... Um, in this real life, you're disabled or handicapped and you're in a wheelchair. In the metaverse, Mm. you have no physical limitation. Or Mm. imagine if we're all didn't know each other and we all come from different parts of the world, but in the metaverse, there's a language that allows us to all communicate with each other as well. Or in the metaverse, we know, I mean, we've spoken about in episodes about how racism is still an issue in some parts of the world more than others. In the metaverse, race, gender, all of this stuff could be completely erased. So there's 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 so many different paths that we could potentially take with this. And I would hope from the experience of social media, we'll be able to learn and then shape it in, in that way. I think, yeah, I, I hope so. Um, but I, me personally, I, <laughs> I struggle to believe that would be the case, right? Because like we mentioned <laughs> about social media, right? it amplifies society and how society is. So you've got to think about social media right now. They spend a lot of time in regards to moderation, like censoring, hate speech, um, policing. Imagine how do you do that in a uh, in a virtual reality without invading people's privacy, right? And then imagine the data that these companies will have. Forget about your clicks, right? Now we know how your mind thinks, like, every element of your mind or the pulse is like that's just crazy in terms of the data <laughs> control element of it so for me on to like i've got i've got bigger concerns than i do have in terms of the possibilities i think I, we've I, talked about the possibilities right but what? being connected to something in that invasive way yeah that's scary but you Oli, can't you at, at the same time Oli, you, really, Oli, you mentioned something it's like what what stuck out to me in all that you're saying? There's only one small bit that stuck out to me is if we're if we're going onto this metaverse of Facebook's or meta, I'm gonna call it Facebook Facebook's idea of the metaverse. What are they getting from us? Yeah, that that that's that's the scary bit. What are they getting from the us? Data. Forget someone the forget data. forget someone forget someone turn up on a hologram on your couch. 
Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Trust me, you couldn't do that in the metaverse. But what is some? What, what are they getting from a billion users? And it's more than data. It's oh, it's, oh, it's crazy. But it's when crazy. I say data, Daniel, I mean every form is like how your yeah, brain every part of your being, yeah. what you think of when you make yeah. your thinking, your it's, thought process. That is yeah. all data points for them. It's like what gives you a headache. All of these, ele- your health, all of these elements of it. I, I just, yeah. I, I just. No, I, and um, I do think the points that she always mentioned should not be overlooked. These are some no, for powerful sure. points. Um, I also refer back to episode where we discussed what could you do if there were if you had no fear, you had no limitations, right? And I can imagine how many people in this world would want to experiment that. So it's it's this idea of endless possibilities, mm. um, where you've. Let, I was just thinking about what she said. You might have lived a life of just real struggle. A metaverse is kind of your your solution to to live in an alternative way. So it's 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 like it, it the concerns is dependent on who you speak to. Um, yeah, and, it's 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 yeah, it's it's um <laughs> extremely interesting. Sure, go and, ahead. And and just the, the the my answer, Olu, was wasn't based on Facebook's definition of the metaverse. Mm. It's just broadly speaking, personally, because of what Facebook has done as a company, mm. I'd have, as Daniel said, real question marks on what their intentions are and where way the way that they will move it forward. But just as a broader broader concept, I think there's a lot of. I'm sure by 2030, the way it's being used, we're going to listen to this episode and think. We weren't even really realizing how big of a of a change it, w- it was going to be. For sure, for sure, sure. But I I I agree with you in regard. <laughs> like for me, the data and the privacy element of it and the health concerns need to be clearly out because it can't be a situation, especially how invasive this is when we talk about immersive. It can't be a situation where it's like we'll find out how people react to it, right? It's it's completely yeah i think it, but like you mentioned the the possibilities are just amazing okay so last quick topic um before we wrap up is we've talked about the metaverse so i want to understand from you guys how are you guys investing in the future of this the metaverse what companies are you looking at what are you learning or reading yourselves to sort of develop yourself in this space what are some of these companies? And I could start, right? Some of the, I can be honest, like I'm a traditional investor, right? The way I try to, I'm not trying to find- Won't survive, won't survive, won't survive. <laughs> <laughs> won't survive. I'm not trying to find the, the next moon. Oil and gas stocks. Any oil and gas stocks? Hey, my oil and gas stocks are doing well. But But, but the thing is, um, you should have a moonshot in your portfolio. You should have at least one moonshot. I'm saying, the way I personally think about investing in this is, how can I invest with companies that are adopting metaverse, the metaverse, but still traditional companies that I know will survive in the physical world and also in this digital world? So, for example, Disney. Disney is a stock that's in my portfolio which are ex- experience, right? They have an experience in the real world and that's a way that they can adapt that into that digital world as well. Facebook is another stock that I own um, mm-hmm. that I'm highly invested in. Also a lot of gaming stocks, right? We mentioned about companies like Roblox and other companies which deal in gaming within the VR, AR space. Um, 
so those are like sort of the key companies, other companies that deal in the chips, right? A lot of these technology hardwares are going to be leveraging different chips. So instead of me trying to find that one comp one land that people are going to purchase or NFTs or whatever, et cetera, I'm more the sort of person that invests in the infrastructure versus the, what I would call about um, non non-utilizable assets right so i think there's two types of assets right there's assets which are generating some sort of growth return and there's assets which are more speculative right i buy this particular art i'm going to assume that someone's going to want this art in the next five ten years etc i still i stay more at more the companies that are growing technology um, innovation in their space, which people will leverage to that infrastructure space. Just, Daniel, just before I tag yeah, Daniel, tag really me, quick, tag, I think, tag I think me, Daniel tag should me, go last. Tag me, tag so me, real quick, tag me, tag me. Tag me. <laughs> I just wanted to add to a couple of companies. You can add Nike there. You can add Zoom. You can add Amazon, uh, Epic Games, um, all companies that are um, invested in this space. Um, so that's one way. I think. I think honestly, on my what I'm what what I'm trying to do in this in this pattern or trend is lean into the change as opposed to resisting the change and i'm trying to i'm trying to challenge myself on being a bit of a front runner in what could i do now that immerses me into from an investment standpoint right so what i'm basically seeing in just um it, as we speak now, people are actually um, buying uh, virtual real estate, right? They are buying um, blank pieces of land. And you actually have metaverse developers, right? So it's real. So it's 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 happening, um, and it's about understanding. Okay, how does this work, and how can I get in, right? <laughs> how can I? Ben, I'm going to tag you in a second, Dan. Give me a second. How can I? How can I get in and actually make a real estate play? on the virtual space and not try to spend too much time thinking well it, it i don't understand it because i i invest in the real world you, you see you see, so moving away from a traditional way of thinking and trying to be innovative myself so are and you, I think, P, so let me go back to that so have you yeah. purchased any land first no no i haven't but I, okay. I'm, I'm looking i'm looking to do that and in, so you said something which i guess i wanted to pick on right is you said particularly not understanding it, right, um, and investing into it, right? And I always find that that's a way where people lose a lot of money, right? And that's why I sort of try to stay away more in the infrastructure, right? Ethereum, the blockchain, those different elements that are infrastructures are going to stay versus what we've seen over the time is a lot of pump and, pump and dump, right? Whereas it might be like the squid game coins or tokens, which wait, people... Wait. Yeah. Oli, so, you, so you're telling me Shibu Inu is not being used in the... <laughs> <laughs> it's not in your, no, not in your think, portfolio. Just, just quickly, just, yeah, just quickly to go to, to Olu's point. It's, it's not about putting everything I have into virtual real estate. But what it's basically okay. saying is... Please don't. All money in. All money in. What it's basically saying is put, invest, invest time and also invest yeah. resource to learn more about this area, right? And, okay. and be more of a front runner in a change that we're seeing taking place versus sitting on the sideline and saying, I wonder how the virtual real estate works out. So mm. I'm challenging myself on that standpoint. I don't think you need to have everything understood in order to make a fraction of investment comparison to your portfolio. 
I think where it becomes dangerous is if you say, I'm going to take a 30% exposure in my portfolio on virtual real estate, because I heard that people are buying auction houses. And actually, I've even heard that it's a good hedge against inflation. That is crazy. But it's happening, right? So it's about it's about learning a bit more. So that's kind of my take on it. Um, and yeah, so I'll, I'll say that. Um, Daniel, I'll, I'll, I'll tag you in. Jeff Hardy, go ahead. No, no. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. No, no, I'll, 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 let, I'll let you I'll, I'll go last. <laughs> no, Daniel, go, 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 go. Matt because of Jeff and Matt Hardy. Daniel, go. Sure, you go. No, no, Daniel, go, go ahead. No, I'm going to be quite long. No, um, yeah, sure, go ahead. Take, sure. Your time, take your time. Take your time. But that's why you should go in case you need to cut off. There, there, there are many points that, you know, I'll talk about what people are saying about, you know, going all money in on virtual reality. <laughs> and I was speaking with someone. In. I was speaking with someone. I was speaking with someone last week. And we're at, a, we're, I've said it, and we've said it many times. We're in a place where there's so much information out there. It's actually frightening that we'll probably get analysis paralysis there's so much there's so much and i was talking to someone and he said if there isn't enough risk he's not interested he said if there's no risk he's not interested five percent risk he said is nothing he wants 95 percent risk and but ahead, this this this, this 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 conversation was i i left my head my head was fried when i got home i just was unloading to melissa She's like, you're going to write this out. I said, no, I don't need to. I'm not going to forget this. Love that. And he was talking about, he's lived, he's, he's, got, he's got a wife and two kids. He, at one point, was in London for something. And he's like, mm, I've got enough money. Should I spend another night in a hotel? Or am I going to South Korea? He said he slept in the train station, got on a flight to South Korea the next morning. I'll tell you what, his life has changed since from that decision because of what he was exposed to in South Korea. But when I talk about the risk, he said he sold his wife's bags, shoes, everything. He had been, he'd been researching a particular uh, blockchain. I'm not going to mention it. He was researching a particular blockchain and it's not one that you is well known that you know. And he got 25K together. He went all money in. A year later, 100X, 2.5 million and he's like really is this what this can be doing mm. he went to his father-in-law who traditional real estate likes the real estate and he said he recently you know a building of his um was, was acquired in new york for i think his sharing it was about tens or something million he wanted to go and reinvest it he's like no 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 just give me a million you can do without that don't worry about that million you don't even need that million you're getting old don't worry about that give it to me and i'll show you what i can do and he was telling me in all of that conversation, if you've got a certain amount of money, say you've got 10,000, do a thousand yep. in each in 10 different places because yep. one of them will give you something. And I think he was, I don't know if this is, I haven't heard, I don't follow Jeff Bezos that much, but he was saying, Jeff Bezos said, even if you are wrong 90% of the time, do it again because when that one time pays off, it covers that 90% won't even matter. Yeah. And I say that because where, as we transition into a digital age, as there are many cryptocurrencies, they're NFTs. If you don't make a play on something, you will regret it for the rest of your life. I'm not saying do not care about traditional finance. No, that's good. 
and exposing yourself to companies that will have a play because they will have no option or choice to get involved. Like Nike, they will have to. Disney, they will have to. But I'm telling you now, woo, if you do not, do not, this is not financial advice, but if you do not try and get something in this digital space, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. I do not know what it's, you're doing. I think and, for, and the, I think for the listeners, we're still live. Right? We're still live. Let's let's for the listeners. For the, for the <laughs> listeners, I think we need, to be, <laughs> we need to obviously mention that this is not financial advice. Yes, it's not financial advice, not, but it's wisdom. We are not your, we are not your financial advisors. Your um, financial advisors will tell you this because even the banks don't want to do this. Guys, we've got to be responsible. Guys, you need to this say this. Not... No, no, no. Let's no, pause for a second. Oh! Let's pause for a second. Nandy, take all that bit out. Take, Nandy, take that bit no, 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 no. Keep it all in. Let's pause for a second. For every story of someone doing successful, true, there's millions true. of people that we don't hear about that have lost everything based on investing with zero information, right? Your friend, the fact that he was able to go to family members to be able to get a million, told me 25K wasn't that much for him. There's some people... No, no, wait, so the, let me just finish. No, no, let me just finish. Okay, let me just finish. Sorry, there's some people that will put their life savings into it. They'll lose their marriage, whatever, by not being responsible with capital allocation. Capital allocation is in regards to how much are you willing to risk? So I do agree you need to be targeted. If you want to take bets, etc. definitely do it. But capital allocation is really important. If we, let's be honest, when crypto first came out two years, three years ago before it crashed, if any of us had sold all our properties and went 100% into it when it dipped, a lot of us would be losing a lot of sleep. Probably would have sold yeah, out. Yeah. No, a couple of things. A couple, so I think I think maybe just I think because what Daniel gave us there was was needed and it was passion, um, and sometimes you need to hear that. And what I think Daniel was trying to say is we all have an opportunity. This is this is probably once in a lifetime where it's a not designed. The transfer of wealth mm-hmm. that's taking place, right? Everybody has an opportunity to participate. It's not structured in a way that you need to be an, a, a credited investor or a particular profile to get in on this investment, right? Mm-hmm. It's fractional investment. You can actually put, you know, 500, 100 pounds or 1,000 pounds. And I think what Daniel's basically, the message Daniel's saying is don't sleep on this opportunity that could, that could possibly change a part of your life or your life. And I think, and I think when you, especially when you look, when you break down and you look at communities and you look at, what's happened over decades and you think about some of the opportunities that we've missed because you talk about access right here is an opportunity that we actually do have access now what you're saying Olu is we have to be very mindful we're not talking about investing in your house and we never will and never that is why I that. was that's and why that I was given the disclaimer which you guys were interrupting saying all in all in and I'm <laughs> yeah. saying no 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 we've got people <laughs> listening that does we've got people listening that don't know us that we've got to be responsible in regards yeah. to telling them don't put everything in and that's the part that yeah. I'm just trying to but say so that the audio can hear, which loses all liability from us. That's all I'm trying to articulate. No, no, I, agree yeah, with no, 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 no. I think I think oh, no, you're, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just pay attention to this. So can this I say the disclaimer change. and then we can continue? Right. Oh, I thought you said it. Oh, sorry. You said it ends as well, as well. Yeah, I thought I thought you said it as well, Oli. I mean, you made it pretty clear, to be honest. Because I think Nandy's going to cut this all out, so I just want to. No, I think we should. No, no. Look, the point the point I was trying to say is what P was saying, and maybe I got too passionate, I got lost in the source. It's needed, it's but needed. The passion there, needed. there, there is we're, we're at a time, there were a time where there's a moment that is essentially once in a lifetime because we might not in our lifetime see something like this again. 
Because the whole point of cryptocurrency is to create economic freedom. Mm-hmm. Because when there's hyperinflation in countries and remittances and changing to your and ex- sending money to family at home, it's it's crazy. Certain exchange money transfer um, companies are charging astronomical fees. So cryptocurrencies are really being adopted in developed um, in developed countries. Um, not developed under what's the word? Undeveloped countries. We saw in September El Salvador adopted Bitcoin as a legal tender. And that's the whole point because of inflation, because of remittance and sending money. They want to, you know, the president is very much crypto focused and likes all of this technology. But we can't sleep on the fact there's an opportunity. By no means am I saying sell your house. And of course, depending on your appetite for risk, you do what you need to. But don't miss opportunities where there are significant opportunities for yourself to change things. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's the one thing I would stress, the same way I would stress about investing, that you need to invest because inflation's at an all-time high. It's the same I would say, look at what resources are around, what opportunities are there, buying NFTs, creating NFTs on OpenSea, whatever it is, do something. Even even 15-year-old kids are doing something about this. Very last thing from my side, because I think it's a, a theme from the discussion that we've been having from, from the metaverse to the, the opportunities now in the cryptocurrency. It's it's about what's happening is change. And I think the question that listeners should ask themselves is how the only thing that's constant in this life that we know is change. And how prepared are you to be a part of change? Are you thinking about leaning into it and trying to learn more about it and invest time? Or are you... St- are you thinking about are you resistant to change and 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 one of them only one you can actually benefit from so i think i think it's people really have to ask themselves what how they want to be a part of this change curve that we see happening sure so um may i feel like i've been sat here watching a roller coaster the last five minutes listening to you guys speak i think from so from from my perspective i'm going back to the the agenda of of the metaverse it's it's a whole new wave that we're going to see and a lot of that will be done digitally the whole thing is digital and then kind of connecting a bit daniel and pabilo's point in our parents generation for example if they think about if you think about property prices in our parents generation right when they bought houses 20 30 years ago they were buying houses for two three ten thousand pounds that are now worth four five six hundred right our generation, whatever real estate that we're buying, as an example, probably won't appreciate as much as what they saw. Now, this whole cryptocurrency, the financial world, this is basically going to be an enabler of the metaverse. And this, as Daniel's saying, is a window for us to be at the beginning of a asset class that could potentially be our generation's um, appreciation of similar to what the stocks stock market has been, for example, for 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 our parents as an example and this where where we are is so early in the overall history that's basically where like the S&P 500 was in the 1920s to 1930s we're at the beginning right the only other thing i would just say to caveat all of that is since 2010 for example bitcoin just as an example has gone from its all-time high minus 90 percent multiple times and not everyone is made for that journey so that's just something to keep in mind that the volatility that we're seeing there, and Daniel's probably in the best position to see this because he sees this more than all of us, is a roller coaster. And at the moment, with stocks all time high, cryptocurrencies at an all time high, everything's at an all time high. 
it's very easy for us to forget about the risk that is linked to all of this. And there will be a roller coaster. There will be adjustments. There'll be lots of things that go up and down. And crypto is really one of the, the most volatile. But it will all be part of this metaverse change. So as Pabilo said, it's better to be involved somehow, even if it's a small amount. Because once you've got some skin in the game, you're following a bit more. You're understanding a bit more. You're, you're learning about it a bit more. So it's just important that people recognize we are at the beginning of a great wave. But there are going to be lots of risks and ups and downs that go with that. Um, but being part of that journey will be a, a great learning, uh, no matter what. So, don't jump off the roller coaster; you will get hurt. <laughs> and I think, well, I think you you define that um, really well. Um, the volatility in regards to it. I think everyone's mentioned their point. Um, I think my just last point on this will be: we are not your financial advisors. Um, we are just four guys talking on a podcast. Um, seek financial advice um, in regards to understand what your risk appetite is. Um, Shua mentioned volatility. Um, time in the market is important. But if you were to put all your life savings in there and for some reason there is a correction because we are seeing all-time highs in the stock market, real estate, crypto, every element or every asset class, can you afford to take that downside? Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't invest. Um, find out what portion that you can allocate to invest in and you should definitely do that um, another caveat Shual, is the regulations between stocks properties etc is completely different to the crypto so we've got to be careful in regards to how we classify that a lot of cryptos are speculative items which is just the same as me building something and then just selling it and hoping someone will pay um, more in the future um, but I think this has been a really good episode. We've discussed about Facebook, Facebook papers and some of the scandals they had um, to transition from the name from Facebook to uh, Meta. And then we've deep dived into the Metaverse. So this has been an amazing episode, lots of information. I hope the listeners have gained a lot of um, value from this episode. And I'll pass it over to Daniel to close us up. Close us out. I'm getting warmed up. I can go on for another hour, brother. <laughs> I'm just getting warmed up. Um, we might have to do this another conversation. But um, no, it's been a very interesting conversation. A lot discussed. Definitely need to digest this again. But as always, if you have any feedback for us, any topic recommendations, find us on Instagram at Instagram. Find us on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast or email us at takeflightpodcast at gmail.com. Until next Monday. Stay safe and look after one another. God bless. Peace. Take off, take